Hi, weather friends. Welcome to the Girls Who Chase podcast, stories of women in weather and storm chasing. I'm Jen. I'm a storm chaser and science communicator, and I'll be your host. Girls Who Chase is a new initiative that empowers and inspires girls and women around the world to pursue the sciences, the weather, and their passions. On this podcast, we'll bring you the badass female and female-identified voices of the storm-chasing weather and science community to raise and tackle some real-life tough questions and issues and identify solutions and paths forward. You can find out more about what we're doing at girlswhochase.com. Now, on to the show. When Girls Who Chase first landed on the interwebs, we did some polling to see what kinds of topics our followers might be interested in. And we were surprised to discover that almost 100% of our responses were requests for the basics of learning to chase. Things like how to start learning to forecast, what to bring, and how to stay safe in the field as a woman. So we've teamed up with the best weather education expert we know, Rachel Sanner, founder of the esteemed chase group Tornado Titans, to bring you Chasing 101s for this podcast. Rachel has been chasing since 2003 and has a background in media, communication, broadcasting, business, social issues. Yeah, I could go on. She's a self-taught chaser, which for sure has contributed to her uncanny ability to break down complex topics around weather forecasting. She's also the creator and curator of Titan U, a free resource library packed with educational videos and blogs about how to chase storms. Titan U was one of my primary go-to resources when I learned to chase. It's accessible, easy to understand, and really well-produced. I highly recommend that if you're in a learning phase, you check them out. They're at tornadotitans.com slash titanu, and of course, we'll link to everything in the show notes. So here is your Chasing 101, just for girls who chase. All right, so our last um, Girls Who Chase 101 is on being a good chase neighbor. So what does that mean to you, Rachel? You know, being a good chase neighbor is a lot of things. It really is. But the number one thing is that you should absolutely try never to be a nuisance to somebody else on purpose. That 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 sounds so simple and so like, oh, of course. But think it's the small things. Are you setting up a tripod in the middle of a road? Why are you doing that? There's going to be someone, you're a storm chaser. There's going to be other people coming down that road. Parking on the road, like that. sometimes it's unavoidable. Like, don't get me wrong, like dirt roads and stuff. Sometimes the ditch is deep. You can't do that. You're just going to park. But if people are parking like on both sides of the road, you get a roadblock. That's not good. First off, safety. Second off, well, it's not good. It's annoying. So... Make sure if you are parking on the side of the road that you are parking off of the road, like completely off of the road. Like do not be a hindrance to traffic. Um, and when it comes to being a good chase neighbor too, we we see this. It's happening more and more and more. And it's honestly the thing that scares me the most about like where storm chasing is at and heading is there are some people who really feel like the storm is theirs. And they think that nobody no law, nothing stands in their way between them and their catch of a tornado. The reality is they're going to get the same video as everybody else following the law, but they drive really aggressively. They get up on people's bumpers. They honk. They use these flashing emergency lights, mimicking police officers. Don't do any of that. I don't think anybody listening to this podcast is going to do that sort of thing, like drive aggressively and that sort of thing. That sounds very much like the other side of the discussion, so to speak, but don't 
don't do that. Don't drive aggressively. Don't be like that person that's just like, don't be that person that shows up on Twitter later going, who the heck is this and why did they do this? Because you don't want to be that person. First off, because it's a place of shame. You don't want to be shamed. You just don't. But it's also a place where like you're making someone else's day worse. And like the storm, the roads are there. There's plenty of road for all of us. There's also crazy enough, plenty of storm for all of us too. Uh, you can share it and you're going to have to share it on a big chase day. I'm just going to absolve you of anything whatsoever right now. Any thoughts of like grandeur. When there's a big chase day in the heart of tornado season, there's going to be like 100, 200, 300, 1,000 other people on this storm. They're all going to have cameras pointed at it. And so your stuff is not going to be that unique. There's nothing you can do to change that. You're just going to be one person of a 1,000 with their camera pointed at the same thing. So congrats. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the coolest show on earth. But there is nothing you can do to stop that. There's no amount of dri aggressive driving or blocking roads or anything that's going to make that any better for you. It's just going to make it worse for everybody else. Just as. As someone who has now encountered someone five feet from my bumper at 80 miles an hour and being run off the road um, by a car with a mobile mezzanette on it, um, I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, Right when you were starting to talk about putting tripods in the road, I made a note about driving dangerously. And I think we have, in my short time chasing, um, witnessed multiple instances where somebody got called out on Twitter for doing something dangerous or making bad decisions and getting spotted. So I think, A, you're not going to just like get away with it. Because like Rachel said, there's always somebody out there. But B, in many cases, you're the one that ends up suffering from it. Like you, you're the one that slides off the road because you're driving too fast or you're the one that causes a wreck or right. Like that's that's just no bueno, especially when there's a million other people out there. It's not worth it. Like yeah. it's never worth it. <laughs> there is a nightmare scenario in my head that has not happened. And I'm honestly amazed it hasn't happened because how distracted people are driving. But if you're like setting your tripod up in the middle of a road and you walk back to your car to grab a lens or something and someone's looking down at their cell phone and driving down that road at 50, that beautiful $1,500 camera on that $600 tripod just got completely destroyed. And it hasn't happened yet, I don't think. But that's something that's definitely going to happen. So first off, it's a safety thing. Like, don't set your stuff up where people can hit it. And also, like, it's just scary. It's just scary to think about, like, how distracted people are. So this is, like, back to the safety thing we talked about. Like, think about the things that could go wrong and chase accordingly. Because it's also going to make, it's gonna make your life better. It's going to make everyone else's life better. It's also going to keep you safe. It just, like, huh. I, I feel like the, like, mom of the group right now, like, Stay safe, children. Just trust me. But yeah, just you don't. Well, if you don't, it's going to suck. So yeah. even if it's not your goal to stay safe, try not to make it suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, whatever, whatever you want to set your bar at. But um, I want to talk about pulling over real quick because I feel like we spend in a lot of time pulling over, especially in the like in an ongoing chase. And um, I've now been in scenarios where 
the options for pulling over kind of run the gambit all the way from, you know, full on pullout, no question to um, like Rachel said, uh, you know, there's the, the bank on the side is very steep and there's really nowhere to go, et cetera. Um, it, something to think about is just if you're if you pull over onto the side of a road and it's not a dirt road, are you all the way off the road? Um, is your car sticking out into the road? Are you opening your car door on the driver's side into oncoming traffic? Um, like maintaining general awareness of your vehicle and yourself. Um, if you have pulled over to the side all the way and your car is sitting over grass, is it extremely dry where you are? Because cars set fires with you know, there are catalytic converters that can actually set small grass fires that can turn into large grass fires, especially out here on the high plains. So thinking about, you know, even if it's a hot day, if you're going to be there for longer than 30 seconds, turn your car off <laughs> so you don't set a fire. Um, just yeah. things like being aware of the circumstances in which you have parked. Um, and how that may affect others around you, because inevitably, again, like Rachel said, there's always going to be someone else on that storm. And if it's not another chaser, it's a local, um, which is frankly even worse, right? Because we have to recognize that we are pulling over in places where people live in a lot of cases or roads that people use to actually commute from their home to somewhere else. Um, we are on their property or near their property. and so. You know, we don't want to give a bad name to all chasers by being disrespectful. So I think, you know, like point A is be aware of self. Point B is be respectful of other chasers, the road, locals. Um, I've gotten shouted out a couple of times because I pulled into a corner of somebody's private driveway and then they turned in and apparently didn't like that I was in the corner. So, um, and I think, you know, in, in certain areas in Tornado Alley, um, locals know what chasers look like. Some of them are not fans. Um, and so just making sure that we're kind of maintaining the grander reputation of the chaser community in, in our behavior, in our thoughtfulness. Um, I've had several interactions with locals or if I'm parked near a farmer's property and they're working on their property, sometimes they just want to chat. Um, like they know we're chasing, they want to know what's going on, they want to talk about it. Um, a lot of them are very friendly encounters. But again, just knowing, recognizing that you're a representative of a bigger community. And, you know, if they have a bad encounter, then that they could extend that to all chasers. And then that would be really unfortunate <laughs> for the person who came along after that. Yeah, what, what you're saying was the other point I wanted to hit on for sure is that, and this comes from working in TV in weather and actually like being a representative of a station in the midst of extreme weather. But you are possibly going to be witness to the worst day of someone's life. Like that could be, that is like, that's the heaviness of what we see sometimes is it could be their, the worst day of their life. And so like it, there's room to be excited for sure. Like, cause you made a forecast, you're seeing this like incredible work of nature. Like I get excited, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I get excited to see tornadoes, but 
if I am sitting like in someone's front yard and they're like worried as hell about like their house being hit, I am not screaming. I am not shouting. I'm like actually reassuring. I'm like going into compassion mode. Like it's okay. We're here. We're not here. We're, we're here because it's safe. So your house is safe. That sort of thing. Uh, great example of this was May 22nd this year. We watched a tornado been narrowly, very narrowly missed this uh, woman's house down in the valley. We were all up on top of a hill and we were watching it like go down. And I was just like, I was giving her play by play. I was like, okay, so this tornado is definitely going to get close, but I think you're good. And, you know, it just like kind of reassuring. And that would, that became my role. And that moment was to like get her through that moment. And, you know, a lot of storm chasers, uh, or as storm chasers, we can sometimes miss the very humanity of the fact that these storms do impact people. Like this storm may be over open land, but that farmer may be hanging on by a thread and the hell that's falling on it might just be the last straw for them. You don't know. So, I mean, this isn't to say don't be excited because I get excited and I really do. But be aware when you're in company that isn't other chasers that how you are perceiving the storm could be the exact opposite of what they're perceiving. And that doesn't give any of us a good look, but it also, also in that moment at the very least, doesn't give you a good look either. So just make sure that you're thinking about that, thinking about the compassion angle, thinking about that people are scared to death uh, possibly in this very moment and how you could actually be a help to make their day better in a terrible situation. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> my first year chasing, actually it was my first tornado, but I, the tornado wasn't down yet. I had pulled over and a local came out of his house because I was kind of on the other side of the road from the house to ask me what I, what was going on. And I couldn't answer it <laughs> because I had no idea. I mean, I knew I was looking at a storm, obviously, but I was so new that I had no idea really whether it was about to tornado or it was going outflow dominant and done. Um, and you know, I just, I basically said, you know, I, yeah, I'm a chaser. I'm learning to chase. Like, you've lived here longer than me. Talk to me about what storms, like, what have you seen? You know, I just kind of turned it around on him. But I think at the end of the day, again, just remembering that at the, we are as chasers, there is a level of responsibility to the communities that we're in, to the weather service as spotters, um, you know, it's not all fun and games, like, because it does often impact people in ways. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Report what you see if you can. I like using Twitter, the National Weather Service. Folks I've talked to said Twitter is the best way to do it because you can also send them a visual and they're monitoring that if you mention their office. So if you're chasing, you see something at the local office, know which office forecast area you're actually in and report what you're seeing, too. That's very important. And uh, the last thing I'll say on this, uh, and I think it's it goes without saying, but you you should also just like make sure that what whatever you're doing out there, that you're not going to. I mean, this is just like it's like the golden rule, but don't be the focus of someone's Twitter post, so to speak. Like, don't be that person who. Uh, didn't do the right thing. It's it sounds 
it sounds really wild, but yeah. Uh, there, 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 there's a debate right now, or there's, there's been a debate in the chaser community is should you stop it if you come across damage? Uh, that, that's another thing we should briefly touch on. I, I have a very different answer than some people. There is a range of opinions. My opinion on it is that if you have no idea what you're doing and there are already other people there, you should probably just leave the situation alone. That, that's my that's my opinion. Like if there's someone already there rendering a doing their thing, you're just in the way. Uh, if you're the first person there though, and you happen to be there, um, you may be the difference. And so you might ought to think about if you're going to storm chase, learning CPR, figuring out you're doing some first aid training, that sort of thing, getting some basic idea about what's going on. So if you do, if you are the first person there responding to damage, because that unfortunately is what happens sometimes and to be the best neighbor we can be that sometimes is what you need to do um yeah you sh you need to know you need to know what to do in that situation like this is not fun and games sometimes sometimes it is but sometimes a tornado goes through a town and uh yeah if you're going to go into that make sure that you know what what you're getting into don't be don't don't be uh, in the way. Don't be making the situation worse. Don't be getting hurt yourself touching a live power line or something. Like you need to know what you're doing. Like damage areas are real deal business. Like I would not recommend everybody do it because quite honestly, it's not the best situation. Like people's lives have been wrecked. There's stuff everywhere. There's a million things that could go wrong. So like if you're going to storm chase eventually, eventually this is going to be a thing that you have to consider. Absolutely. Those are really good points. Um, my goal is always to not end up being the person that needs to be rescued. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we also have to remember that a lot of the places that we chase have really small or hardly existent emergency response teams and support. And if they're responding to a weather event, we don't want to additionally strain their resources um, by becoming a problem ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like common sense here, right? Like if you get stuck on the side of the road and the tornado has just come through and damaged a bunch of stuff, you probably shouldn't even bother like calling for, you know, help, emergency help because you're not going to be, you're just taking stuff away. Like, I, I agree with that. Like, you chose to be here. Someone who got hit by the tornado did not choose for their house to get hit by a tornado today. And so ethically, you're on the bottom of the totem pole there. Just, yeah, just saying. Right. <laughs> um, the last thing I would say about this is, um, and this is going to sound really basic, but pack it in and pack it out. So yeah. like... We spend all day outside, moving from place to place. Nobody wants to clean up your garbage. Um, put a garbage bag in your car and pack your stuff out. 100% away at a gas station. <laughs> I have seen it happen so many times. Someone just like open up a candy bar and just throw the wrapper into the air as if they're testing the wind. It's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just yeah. The... Be a good neighbor, adult, human. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, thank you, Rachel, for all of your time and insight on 
all of these really incredibly important topics. Um, and we look forward to hearing feedback from people who may have additional questions or want us to discuss something um, out of one of these topics in more detail. So uh, look forward to chatting with you all about it in the future. And this was Girls Who Chase 101. A big thank you to our media tier level Patreon sponsors whose recent arrival and support is ensuring the continuation and growth of the Girls Who Chase podcast. They are Nasli Zainab, Angela Kramer, Jen Lowry, Jennifer Grand, and Betsy. Today's episode was recorded and edited by me, Jen Walton. Our music is by Storm Chaser Lori Bailey in collaboration with artist Inez Lobo. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us at Girls Who Chase on Instagram and Twitter to hear about our upcoming events and see storm photos and videos from our badass contributors. You can support this initiative by donating or by becoming a Patreon member, where you'll get exclusive access to storm chasing content, forecasting information, and merchandise. You can find links to all of these at girlswhochase.com and in the show notes. Signing off for now, we'll see you under a mezzo.